people who think they have a lot of money think that they have more wisdom mm. or they think they can predict the future, mm-hmm. which is like completely uncorrelated, right? <laughs> Predicting the future has nothing to do with riches or, you know, intellect. It's just something that human beings are really bad at. Mm. And so I think humility is the first thing I look at when I look at an investor. Nice. Good investors have humility. Right. Nice. If you don't have that, you cannot be a good investor. Nice. I'm yeah. sensing a lot of humility here. <laughs> <laughs> humility because I failed so many times. I lost a lot of money in my investments. Mm, mm. So I had to be humble because, you know, I didn't, you know, it was a long winding road to, mm. you know, where I got to. ESG investing is catching fire. Apparently, there is data showing that millennials are increasingly concerned about ESG. We care about companies beyond just making money. We want to know where are they putting their profits, how well are they taking care of their crew, and what kind of environmental impacts does the business has, and how are they rectifying them. All that has spilled over into our investments, but the question is still... Can ESG investing actually be more profitable than traditional broad-based market index? Or is it just another fact? Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another Chill Swift TFC session. In this series, we hope to bring on interesting, relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from people that you already agree with, perspectives shape around the thinker. So in our pursuit of life, we love on managing our finances well. Our guest today has taken a different route from his team to champion for ESG investing. From what I've gathered, not everyone on his crew actually agrees with his direction. But this guy is going to prove it to them. And we had to have him on. You are not unfamiliar with the company. They are pretty synonymous with CPF investing, but they want to go further. So I'm happy to introduce you to Samuel Reed from Endow Us. So what is your core yeah. investment ideologies now then? Look, you know, I think everybody is different. Mm. That's the first thing. For sure, right? for sure. Because me, I have a lot of experience investing. How I invest and what my philosophy would be would be very different from, you know, the average uncle or auntie in Singapore yeah, who are working sure. and have never really read a finance book or invested before, but are thinking about investing for the first time. Those guys will be very different from a white-collar professional who's dabbled in stocks, you know, doing a little bit of Bitcoin, you know, reading these financial blogs, and he's much more educated. So he will be a different investor. And the other thing is I, I really believe that everybody's personal financial circumstances are different, their goals in life are different, why they're investing is different. So, you know, having this blanket statement of this is how you should invest is yeah. something that I'm very uncomfortable yeah. uh, with sharing. So I can share how I invest. Yeah. Yeah. I put all my money in Indawas and I just manage it outside. <laughs> On that platform, that amazing platform. I, so, I am my first <laughs> biggest client, right? Like, <laughs> I buy what I sell, you know. Yeah, I, I love that. I love. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Things but the very- reason is mm. because I just don't have time these days. You know, when you're building a business, <gasps> tell me. I just don't it. have enough time. Tell and me. So about it. it's just. Mm. 
you know, if I was a full-time professional investor, I would do it very differently. I know. I would, you know, pick some stocks that I really like. I know. I would dabble in some other new, you know, investment ideas. But right now, I just don't have time. I totally get that. So I just go passive. Mm. Um, I have a core asset allocation. Uh, We just launched ESG portfolio. Mm. So I I allocated immediately to the ESG portfolios because... (laughs) I found these funds. It's the best that I could find. And we mm. built a portfolio around it. So I was like, okay, I got to do this because these, this is something that I really believe in. Mm. So I'll, I'll go into this and allocate like maybe 20, 30% of my portfolio into that. And then, you know, if there's like really good like sectoral funds or thematic funds, yeah. then I would allocate to that. Um, but I've kind of given up on single stocks for a while mm. uh, because I just don't have the time to control it or keep track of it. Um, and I don't want to be like checking the stock price every day of every moment, right? You I know, get, seeing where I it is. Totally just, get yeah. So that's what I do. I mm. have a little bit of exposure to crypto, but mm. you know, not really active there. Just having some fun and yeah, just treat you know. it like treating it like an option for the future. Actually, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Me is a very different story. I had mm. a friend that I was just helping out and investing in his company. And that company did some ICO token issuances and I got some for free. Mm, so mm. that's why I have exposure. Uh, <laughs> and it's gone up like 100x. But I have really, really tiny exposure. So it I just it, doesn't I mean it. much. Yeah. Nice. That's but cool. I, I, I do follow the space. Mm. Uh, I think it's really fun and exciting. But I wouldn't allocate a huge piece of my assets in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much innovation going on and all the interesting yeah. stuff. So yeah. That's right. That's Because right. that, that will be for another day, right? That's like, for another day. Lot, we'll, we'll do a separate yeah, session yeah, on that one. Lot, I got a lot to speak yeah, on lot, those things. A lot of those stuff. But, but exciting and fun. Yeah. yeah and, sure. and important as well. Mm. And it has long lasting implications. Mm, mm. So yeah. Should keep everybody should keep track of it at least. Yeah. A lot of even changes. if they're not invested. Mm. We're gonna be launching a podcast just for that. So yeah. Oh really? Yeah, oh, that's super we're gonna, exciting. We're gonna do a whole thing just for that. Like, oh, yeah, it's gonna. Okay, we may sell NFT in every episode. Nice. You know? <laughs> like, so just like vibing with that. You know, just kind of playing around and see okay. and see what works, right? It's just kind of experimenting yeah. the whole thing, and yeah, you never know, right? Okay. So no, that's wonderful. Stay tuned, guys. Like, yeah, right? this NFT for me is. Good. I mean, this podcast, this episode, mm. hopefully, is the best-selling NFT, <laughs> highest value, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the open market <laughs> bit, right? So s- small clips. Clips of it, yeah. <laughs> Break it out, uh-huh. sell more. Mm-hmm. All the all the good yeah, juices. Edition. Yeah, <laughs> nice, good stuff. And and you talk about ESG investing, right? So I think ESG is like you know multiple things put together, right? Mm-hmm. So for all of our audience, like, what is ESG then? Man, I don't know these days. <laughs> there's so many definitions of ESG. I know, right? But so, yeah. like, okay, there's sustainable investing, which mm. is the broad umbrella. Mm. Within that, ESG is another broad classification. ESG stands for environment, social, governance, right? So those are the three big pillars of, you know, responsible or sustainable investing. Within that, you have like, you know, socially responsible investing, which is values driven. So if you're religious or, you know, you don't want like these sin stocks, you don't believe in like violence, you take those out. Right? So, so no negative, weapons, no, no alcohol, weapons, none yeah, of those things. Or mm. porn or alcohol or, you know, Where you can buy pork. Por- porn stocks? <laughs> <laughs> there are apparently. Oh, okay. yeah, there are yeah, apparently. Yeah. I see it mentioned quite a lot. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, I don't know personally. I don't but know, yeah, yeah, but okay, next time. <laughs> but I hear there are some porn exposure around. Wow, um, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. but porn, pork, you know, all these things, yeah. so you remove those and that's, you know, a values-driven, negative screening, you know, 
investment kind of So you remove all those things because it's not aligned with your beliefs. Precisely. So that's actually the lowest, easiest way to do things. Mm. A lot of indexes or passive, you know, ESG strategies and like ETFs uh, use this strategy, but it's like the most basic form. Mm. And it's actually being proven not to be that effective in driving change, having a meaningful social impact. Um, So people have been actually taking a much more active, you know, engagement so active investing in you know, ESG means you actually find companies who are often best in class, companies who are environmentally conscious or socially conscious or had, has good governance, you invest in those companies. But the other way you can do it is actually engage in companies that have potential or have you know, meaningful size but can actually change and become you know, better governance. So you know, the companies run better or they're more focused on environmental or social issues so they actually can make an impact in society. So mm. they get actively engaged. And in equities, you become a shareholder, you vote in the AGM, you engage the management, you change them, you help them to become better companies. Um, in bonds, in fixed income, you lend them money, right? So similarly, as a lender, you have certain powers and you have certain influence over the management. Uh, so you're trying to influence them to do better. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, ESG is a very, very broad space, ill-defined. It's very difficult mm. to define it. But basically, if you're trying to do good and do well at the same time, meaning that you're trying to change the world for better and you're investing for good returns and you want to marry the two, that's what ESG investing is all about. The other side is actually charitable giving, just giving money mm. to help, you know, a good cause. Yeah. But you don't expect anything in return, right? Yeah. And then traditional investing is just focused on return. It doesn't matter how you generate the returns. You can invest in you know, all the evils and porn and everything and <laughs> marijuana and make money no matter what. Mm. That's the other two extreme. But in the middle is trying to do good and trying to do well at the same time. Mm. So it's about returns and it's about doing good. Yeah. So that sounds amazing, right? Like yeah. it sounds well and good, you yeah. know, um, and... You invest in a good social course, you know, and yeah. you buy you buy companies or you buy funds that pick companies that are like doing good stuff, and you know, align with your beliefs and all those kind of stuff. But you know, when you buy things in the secondary markets, in the stock market or in the bond market, the money does not actually directly flow into these companies, mm. right? And as a retail investor, it's so small. My impact is so small. Mm. How how do I then, you know, really go beyond like? You know that as a as a like yep. a marketing thing, you know, like really having that impact, just kind of help us paint that picture of like if I invest in an ESG strategy, you know, how my work translates into like the real impact. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's tough. It's mm. tough to really feel it um, immediately, um, but I guess this is a really long term trend, and yeah. we're at the very early stages of this change. Mm. Um, I think, you know, in the 90s, as I said, early like forms of this investment was really about, you know, sieving out the bad companies and trying to invest in the good companies. But it didn't really make a difference at all. Um, you know, Volkswagen, you know, the environmental calamity that they caused, or ExxonMobil, you know, it didn't make a difference, right? Mm, so mm. I, I get it. And um, it's for the retail investor, especially when you're buying companies directly, you, you're not going to have any kind of influence 
or any kind of an impact. Yeah. And that's why I think collective investment schemes, that's what the original name, official financial name is for a fund, is to collect and pool funds together and invest for a good cause. And so when people direct their retail investment money from single stocks or just regular funds into ESG funds, what you're effectively doing is pooling everybody's money and you know, making an impact because you're going to be bigger. So mm. those you know, fund managers, and you know, we work with five, six, seven fund managers who are the global leaders in this. You know, they've been doing this for decades when nobody really took notice, when they couldn't gather any money from anybody, <laughs> and they were like struggling. You know, they're startups, right? Mm. Um, and companies like Mirova, or you know, in France and Boston, um, there's companies like Robico, which is a Dutch company, number one rated like you know sustainable investing company, but no one's heard of it in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> but in that was finally brought it into Singapore. Uh, so, you know, another mm. marketing pitch for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, these kind of guys exist and they're actually making like, you know, the cutting edge kind of innovation in this space. And what they're saying is that, hey, you know, if you pull money and these guys now have billions, if not tens of billions, and the companies are taking notice. And uh, I think the big sea change happened last year, you know, with COVID you know, with social issues in the US, you know, globally, inequality, everything. Companies are much more aware that people want to, you know, make a difference. Mm. Um, and they're voting with their money. You know, you see all the Reddit and, you know, the US GameStop, you know, what do you call <laughs> like it? Like Wall Street bats. <laughs> Wall Street bats and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are stonks, you know. <laughs> these, are, these things actually are making an impact. And, you know, uh, I think the companies are taking notice. The fund management companies are taking notice, and that's a good thing. Mm. And it will take time uh, to really make a meaningful impact, but it's driving companies to change their policies on how you know um, they look at climate and what their impact is on the climate. You know how they take care of their stakeholders, so not just their financial shareholders, but stakeholders like people, their own employees. Mm. You know their welfare. You know um, the supply chain. Their you know you know outsourced partner companies, um, you know, how are they treating them, the environmental impact of their manufacturing or or primary, you know, excavation of resources. All of these things are being taken into account and they're really making progress here. And we just want to push them a little bit, nudge them even further along Mm. this line by voting with our money. And Mm. that's what retail investors effectively are doing. And it's perfectly fine if you say, hey, I don't care about this. You know, ESG is not for me. I just want to make money. You know, that's fine. Yep, that's, yep. Everyone's different, as I said. Mm, and some mm. people are going to resonate with this and say, hey, yeah. I'm a millennial. I want to be, you know, well, well, t- tagging millennials again. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of millennials do more than social driven stuff. <laughs> but you know what? It is interesting because I have Gen Z kids. Mm. I'm a, what do you call it? I'm older. Let's <laughs> just say I'm older. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to classify yeah, myself. Not I'm not a millennial. But we did a survey of a thousand plus people Mm. um, on this ESG and sustainable investing it was funny millennials are the most purpose driven they are the most interested well guys good stuff hashtag good stuff man (laughs) I love millennials I mean they're actually force for good force for change they're actually putting their you know actions into you know words into action Mm. they're voting with their money now and they're getting more and more of it. The millennials mm. are going to be, you know, the either biggest, handed down or yeah. earning a big piece of the yeah. global wealth. Mm. So they're going to vote with their money, and nice. it's important how they vote. And mm. I think they're they're going to vote in the right way. So I'm really encouraged by the survey 
and what's happening. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right, it's super cool. Shout yeah. out to millennials. Yeah, yeah. I love. So then, love what are it. some of these major themes in the ESG space? Then, you yeah, know, like you know, so many things that millennials are concerned about, and fundamentally, we have to pick certain sectors, right? And yeah. and all those kind of stuff. So, what are some major sectors, you know, that you're seeing, you know, yeah, yeah that is interesting in the ESG space. Yeah, so I think there's two big buckets. One is thematic, and then there's this core, you know, ESG. Mm. So when I say core ESG, is the main pillars of environmental, social, and governance. Thematic is like, you know, fluffy stuff like, oh, water, you know, uh, <laughs> or robotics, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, renewable energy, but it's ill-defined, meaning mm. that, you know, random companies go into this renewable bucket. You know, water, you know, I don't know, let's not bring up, high flux, but, you know, <laughs> it's water, but uh -huh. it's not really, right, mm. making a difference. They actually ruined a lot of people's lives, for example, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, you know, having that holistic view um, of not just, you know, playing a theme or the flavor of the month, but really delving into, you know, how companies and these investors are looking at, you know, implementing E and the S and the G. Mm. Now, everybody right now is focused on E, that's okay. what, you know, COVID did. That's what, you know, people are more familiar with, global warming, mm. all of these things. So in our survey as well, 93% plus of people said they resonate with environmental issues. Okay. 93%. Amazing. <sighs> wow. This is like everybody from 20-year-olds to 80-year-olds. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that environmental is definitely key. Historically, the way ESG investors have focused on is governance. Right, mm. proxy voting, you know, are they doing the right thing? Are they siphoning money? You know, governance was really important. So we shifted to environment. I think the next wave, and many people are already talking about it, is social because mm. of the things happening in the US, you know, income inequality, social issues are coming to the fore. Yeah. You know, ethnic diversity, gender diversity, yeah. all these things I think are things that are becoming much more relevant and important to people. So yeah. how do we implement social? It's difficult. Yeah. So you have to come up with the right criteria. Yeah. What you are some of these criteria then? Exactly like what you point out, right? Yeah. And the thematic stuff is like yeah. big buckets and random things just go into the theme. Yeah. You know, but then if we go into, let's say, environment, mm -hmm. you know, what are some core metrics that, you know, funds look at? You yeah. know, to determine that, oh, this company is actually good and core and, you know, can be part yeah. of our core, like, Fun based on environmental factors. Yes. Yeah. So I think that increasingly we're seeing a better definition. They call this like difficult word taxonomy, mm. which is defining, you know, things. Yeah. Um, what metrics to use, right? Yeah, what metrics to yeah. use to measure, you know, mm. progress and to rank these yeah. companies or yeah. score companies. Yeah. That's really important. And there's been tremendous progress. One of the, you know, major initiatives um, came from the UN. So PRI is the Principles of Responsible Investing. Uh, more than 3,000 financial companies, including asset managers and pension funds and investors, have become signatories and combined they manage over $100 trillion of assets. Wow, wow, so wow, wow. <laughs> it's a bit of a fad because yeah. if you're not a UN PRI signatory, then you're like, you know, you're not kosher. You're not yeah. really, you know, doing You're not right. kosher. <laughs> so, okay. so everybody is a signatory, but they have a ranking now. So mm. fund managers are ranked A plus, A, you know, all of our fund managers are ranked A or A plus, mm. most of them A plus. Um, and then they look at how they, you know, measure and, uh, you know, what are the criteria for investing. And environment is much more well-defined because, you know, it's carbon emissions, it's, you know, what kind of, you know, water um, pollutions that you're, you know, causing from your manufacturing sites, you know, all these things are much more measurable. So environmental uh, measures, I think, are much more advanced. 
But the social, as we discussed, social is much more fluffy. Yeah. So I think that one's going to be much more difficult. But the most basic ones, things like how you treat your employees, you know, gender diversity in the board or in your employment. Like we have more than half our board as females. You know, if you include the board observers, it's more than 70%. That should matter, right? Um, I did a webinar yesterday with Mirova and uh, Schroders uh, from London and Boston dialing in to talk about our equity strategy and Natalie Wallace, who's the head of ESG strategy for Mirova in the U.S. and Boston, she was previously the head of strategy for State Street Global Advisors, which is one of the biggest yeah, ETF State providers, Street, right? Spider yes. ETFs. And she was saying that, hey, I can't join your webinar unless you have 50% female speakers. And what? I was like, wow. Wow. But that's good. You know, wow. I, definitely. Mm. We already had two each, so it was perfect for us. Uh, but she said that and I was like, yeah, I mean, you, you actually need to be intentional about this. Mm, you mm. actually need to say, okay, this is what we need to do. And, you know, not joining webinars if women are not represented properly in the US, like if ethnic minorities are not represented properly, you know, stop Asian hate right now. You know, Asian Americans are being beaten up in the street. It's ridiculous, mm, right? Mm. In this day and age, in an advanced nation like that, these things are happening. So. I think we definitely have to have a clear definition of what these criteria are and really hold people accountable to it. Yeah. So all that being said, yep. good and well and all the interesting lovey-dovey stuff, what you're say. right? But <laughs> are we going to make money out of That's this, right? right? <laughs> are we going to beat the market out of this? Right? All so about the returns. All about the returns, right? That's why we're tuning in here today. Right? Yeah, so, so are we going to like, no, run beyond the market in that well, sense. Right? I'm worried because we had an amazing return in the past 12, 18 months. Mm, so mm. all the ESG strategies blew the lights out. All these thematic guys blew the lights out. They were up like 20, 30% when the market was up like, you know, 10, 13, mm. 15%, right? Mm. So it's done well. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I once again, I'm going to go back to that mantra that I'm not going to try to predict the future because no one can, mm. right? And so it's not about you know, whether they're going to continue to do well or not, because no one knows. I, mm. I can tell you something and try to sell you something, but it, it might not. Mm. So I'm not going to try to predict and say that these things are going to be, you know, better performing than your standard market beta, you know, passive strategies. Mm. Uh, but what I can say is that I think the world is changing, mm. that in the past, you know, ESG strategies did not necessarily give you better returns, especially in public markets. In the private markets, all the studies show that actually it, it does better. And more recent studies seem to suggest that there is a positive correlation between higher ESG scoring companies and their returns in financial markets. So mm. the studies, and I haven't looked at all the studies, but if you look at the fund managers and all the studies, academic papers, they tend to agree that it is improving. Mm. The big question is what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And really, if you think logically and just go back down to the basics, right? These are companies that are going to be more kinder to their employees. So you're going to have better retention. People are employees that are happier, you know, who are better taken care of, who are going to have, you know, uh, more loyalty to the company, who are going to be working more efficiently, who are going to come up with more creative ideas. And, you know, they work at shops where customers come in and, you know, the customer service people are going to be happier and treating their customers better. So the customer gets a better experience. The manufacturing is cleaner, it's safer. You know, they're using material that's better for our skin and for our health. You know, we're going to choose those products that are going to be healthier and better for us and for our children. So isn't it logical to think that these companies are going to be more environmentally conscious, these companies who take care of their employees better, we're going to produce products and services that are better and more joyful 
and a better experience for our customers, aren't those companies going to win in the end, mm. right? Mm. So if you think from that logic, I think it's very logical to think that if we invest in these companies, and some of them is bubblish, you know, some of these are tech companies, you know, like that did really well during COVID. So COVID beneficiaries and these guys. So maybe it will come back a little bit, but really long term, if you stretch out to five, ten years, predicting one month, one day, you know, is Makes impossible. No sense, yeah. Doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah. It's easier to look at the long-term trends and say, okay, over five years or 10 years, mm. the trend of ESG, if we pick those companies that are doing those things, is it going to be better for our returns or worse? I think it's going to be better. Okay. So that's my bet. Mm. And that's why ESG investing is important. Um, but the other thing is that if you hold values and you think these things are important, you don't have to necessarily sacrifice returns. So is it going to be a drag on returns is the first question. And it probably isn't. You can at least meet market returns. And if you're lucky, and if these trends play out, then you'll do better than the market returns. Mm. So why don't you do good and do well in terms of returns anyway? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so the, the yeah. base understanding is the market is already pricing a little bit of extra stuff in this uh, space. You put words in my <laughs> mouth. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but, but at, no, 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 yeah, yeah but at least, at least, what what I'm hearing is, yeah, you know, um, the market has outperformed a little bit, you know, yeah. um, in terms of ESG versus versus the broad beta market, right? Yeah. So, it's doing better, um, and some of these composites may be a little bit in the bubblish space, based on what you what you're saying, mm -hmm. but you believe that the underlying businesses will catch up with that kind of price growth, you Precisely, know, because yeah. of all the good things that they're doing, and yeah. you know. You believe that the broader market wants these kind of stuff better, you know, better quality stuff, better service, you know, more, you know, better socially, products. yeah, better product and yeah. all those kind of stuff. So that's the base. It captures case. the imagination of consumers in terms of you know doing good with their money, right? Okay, so, okay, yeah. okay, good stuff. So, so that's the that's the base idea. Yeah. I think what's important though is that look, ESG investing is a very active strategy. Mm, yeah. So that I think was, that's that what some people. Into, yeah, yes, you were yes, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How 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 active do we rotate? through these kind of companies because from mm. a composite level are we going for like market weightage or are we going for ESG score weightage you know and how does that work then in this yeah. space yeah so I think it's really difficult as an individual investor to do this well because yeah. well in our survey again we asked them you know a lot of people are interested 90 something percent in these issues they want to allocate money. They said anything between 10 to 50%, mostly in that range. And the average was maybe 20, 30%, which is a significant allocation, right? Mm. Uh, but the two problems exist. One is that they don't feel that they know enough yeah. or they don't feel they are comfortable, right? Yeah. The second thing is that even if they are and they're looking for stuff, they can't find anything. Yeah. I so, mean, there's so much extra work that you need to do. Yeah. To understand this. Precisely, yeah. yeah. And even if you want to, there's no like one exposure or one place where you can just buy a strategy. So mm. that's what we try to solve it in now is to build a portfolio that's ready-made. We've already done all the hard work of looking at all the hundreds of funds out there globally, 
most of them not even available here. So we had to bring it into Singapore. It took us like six, nine months to actually execute. Uh, and finally, we have a, a portfolio across equities and fixed income. First in Singapore. Mm. And we have some 100% equity things, not really ESG, but you know, purportedly it is. There's like passive ETF strategies, but it's really pretty crap. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, equities, fixed income, best-in-class funds, exposure to broad sustainability, including climate and every you know, sector. Um, you know, building that portfolio was tough, but we got it out and it's available to retail investors, most mm, importantly. Mm. This space was mostly done by institutional investors like yeah. sovereign wealth funds. GIC would do this, but retail investors is impossible. Um, but we made this possible. And the reason we did that was because we want people to have that choice, mm. right? We don't want everybody to go into ESG. We don't want everybody to put 100% of their assets in ESG. But if they want to put 20, 30, 50%, we should give them that choice. Mm. So I think that was the first thing. Um, what is the right number? I don't know. Everybody's different. I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of return to do good. I can allocate 100% of my portfolio. Fine. But I'm not. I'm a little bit a little risky. I'm really like you. I want returns. Then mm. yeah. Mm. Then I'm going to allocate maybe 10%. And anything in between is fine. Yeah. I think. But the average seems to be 20, 30% of your allocation. Mm. Um, and the other thing is that as an active strategy, you're going to be very concentrated. So if you look at uh, the traditional like investment kind of philosophies, uh, broad diversification is a good thing for us, right? Especially as individual investors. Being too concentrated is probably higher risk. Mm. So if you're able to stomach that risk and you're okay with it and you, can, you, know, you want to do that, that's fine as well. Uh, but if you want diversification, then I would say that the 20, 30% or below allocation is right. And then you keep most of your assets still in that broad, passive, mm. globally diversified mm. kind of portfolio, which is the core portfolios. Uh, even within Endowers, we have core portfolios and then we have the ESG portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. So walk me through a little bit about the active process. How is the ESG fund active in that sense? Okay. Like what do we do? You know, how does yeah. it, you know, how do you choose to, you know, circulate around and you know yeah. change your stocks and how how does how does that work? Okay. So mm. um there's passive versus active. There's two layers. One is at the asset allocation level. Um our asset allocation is actually passive and strategic. So mm. we don't like move things around because the economy is doing well or not doing well. Random factors don't drive our asset allocation. So we try to keep it as broadly diversified and global, um, sectorally neutral if we can, um, as much as possible. So our core portfolios are like that. Our ESG portfolios are similarly strategically passive asset allocation. At the individual stock level, securities level, that's where you know the active selection mm. uh, kicks in. And in ESG, by definition, you're active in terms of selection mm. because you've already taken out the bad companies. Yeah. Negative selection already makes means you're active. Mm. So you, you, you can create a negative you know, index and be passive to that index, but that index itself is an active decision. Mm. You see what mm. I mean? Yeah, I get, I get what yeah, you're yeah. saying. So passive is being used around in various different ways and used in the wrong way. But, you know, I think ESG is all active. There's no passive, truly passive, right? That's the first thing. Secondly, if you're going to be active, then how do you implement that active strategy was your specific yeah. question. Um, as I said, when you take out the negatives, that's an active first step. Mm. The second step is among those left, which ones are the best companies and you want to allocate to those best environmental score company, social company, or governance company, then you want to do that. And some would focus only on social, say, I want to be a socially responsible investor. I want a social impact 
strategy, then you're going to focus and overweight the social factors and social scores. If you're an environmental fund or a climate fund, you're going to focus primarily on the environmental and climate. So again, the sector and which ones you actively allocate to is another active decision. Mm, yeah. And then within that, you're going to have a scoring mechanism. Yeah. Right. So all the criteria that I mentioned is, you know, the carbon footprint, you know, water, you know, all the air pollution, all the things that you look at. Each, each company does it differently. Um, and then you would allocate a certain portion into each of those criteria. You score it, you analyze, you evaluate, you score, and then you allocate, you size the bets in mm. that way. Now, the final piece is there's guys who are active in choosing, selecting stocks, and then there are guys who are active in the managing of the companies. So as I said, there are investors who actively engage the companies and try to improve them. Mm. They think by doing that, you can generate alpha. Mm-hmm. So you're Whereas activist. You're, you're an kinda, activist investor, precisely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're activist, mm. active investor. Mm-hmm. So that there's gradations and you know different levels of activeness um, and different ways in which you can implement your active strategies. Mm. And we have the whole spectrum within our portfolios. Yeah. Okay, so most of the um, ESG funds they choose the companies based on the ESG score. Yes. Is that what I'm getting? Right. So yeah. it does not matter the underlying market cap or the business. It's really just based on the score. Yeah. And then and then they will choose their composite from yeah. there. The, the ones we like, we prefer if they use their own in-house proprietary measures to score that. Mm. So using like MSCI or these like sustainalytics, you know, broad like third-party indexes, it's not as sophisticated. It's not as you know well done. And those ETFs that use these kind of passive third-party strategies are pretty poor in their record, track record. Um, and they don't even vote even. You know, they're not very active in involving and improving. They're just um, joining the hype. They just, yeah, it's like call it greenwashing or, you know, it's fad, you know, following the fad. So, you know, people buy these ETFs, but a lot of them I just feel are not up to scratch. Mm. And so we've chosen only those that have active in-house proprietary research an actual team that does ESG and know how to do it. Mm. They don't just talk about it and have random investors who have no track record <laughs> in ESG, you know, picking these companies. It's actually guys who are really, you know, well-researched, documented, you know, uh, have a great, like, system in place and they're scoring well and they're investing in those companies. Okay. Yeah. And, and ESG as an investing theme, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how long has it been around? What is the kind of track records that we're looking at? Or is it just like a very young thing that's just kind of recently caught on fire because you did say that there are all these funds that that have set up and nobody knows them yeah right so like how has the growth been and you know do they have that track record to give retail investors that confidence right because we don't want it to be like oh based on one year two year growth Mm -hmm. and that's it right yeah 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 yeah. and this is the biggest problem i have with the current fund distribution like fund platforms and stuff they give you one-year performance, three-year performance, because that's all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I just don't like people focusing on the short-term performance. And that's why we try not to highlight, even though it's easier to sell that way, right? Yeah, for sure. One-year performance, great, you should yeah. buy it. People, and people jump on it. Then, and, oh, my. And then they lose out if, yeah. it doesn't, if it's not sustained. The yeah. returns are not yeah. sustained. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> unintended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, we don't want to focus on those things. So we're looking at our own measure of like due diligence on these fund managers to make sure that they're doing it in the right way. Mm. So this ESG space has been around since the 90s, I think. 
But really? a lot of it, a lot of it was this uh. kind of negative screening, simple uh, stuff, uh, uh, uh. which didn't really work. Mm. It actually long-term ESG passive index strategies have underperformed the market. Okay, okay. So, so th- not the ones we want, not the ones right? we yeah. want to touch. <laughs> yeah. So forget those. They started early, but they're not very good. Mm. Okay. Then in the 2000s and more recently, you've seen these kind of companies like Mirova and Rubico, all these companies. Uh, appear and they're not like humongous companies, but they do it really well. And so those guys could have track records up to you know five, seven, ten, you know plus okay. years. Mm. Um, but they were at a smaller size, so it's important to understand you know how they perform when they're small, how they perform when they're bigger. You know, mm. is it sustainable? Can Again, you scale up? Right, can you scale up. So that's important to look at. But there are guys who've been around with good track record, and then there's a bunch started in the past one year two years three mm-hmm, years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and every fund manager that we meet are saying okay we're going to integrate esg which means that we're going to like talk about esg in our normal investing process and it doesn't really make that much of a difference <laughs> and then there are guys who are actually proprietary you know esg systematic investment processes you know really taking it to the next level those are the guys that I'm most interested in because those are the guys who I think will differentiate themselves because those guys will pick the right companies and those companies, as I said, I believe will be the successes of the future. And so it's really important as active managers to really have a very high standard of picking those stocks. Yeah, that's great. And have you looked into a little bit of the green bond kind of thing recently? Yeah. yeah. Right, because like like exactly what you said, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to do your own work. Right? Yes. Yeah, because... It's a whole different thing. You need a whole team to look at these stuff, right? Yeah. But but you sort of see some companies or some governments, you know, doing mm-hmm. these kind of one-off, you know, offering of yep. like green bonds. Yep. And so yep. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they're wonderful initiatives. Mm. And uh, Initiative. Initiatives, <laughs> yeah. Right, stirring the market, <laughs> but not really there. Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> no, I think it's making an impact. It's growing. Mm. Um, so green bonds is as an asset class is growing. Um, I think it's really good. Mm. So uh, what is green again, bonds, actually? Yeah. Green bonds are just bonds um, that are issued with a very specific purpose environmental or climate purpose, reducing carbon footprint or reversing the climate warming mm. um, issued by governments or corporates uh, with very specific purposes. Like, for example, let's say you are building a solar farm, mm. you know, in China and the company want to finance that, you know, solar farm, want to issue a bond, mm. then that would be classified as a green bond. Mm. And so it's actually a bond, but it's for a very green purpose. Mm. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's what green bonds are. Yeah. And uh, governments who have public infrastructure initiatives or other kind of, you know, investment initiatives where they want to finance it with bonds can, you know, claim to be a green bond. Now there's, you know, uh, associations in Europe especially that, you know, classify as green bonds. So you need certification to be a green bond issuer or classify that bond as a green bond. So we need to go through that process. Now, it's a growing space. It's just like any other bond though. Mm. You know, you have to is look at like the project. A, is there like an ESG premium on that? Like, you know, like... Uh, it depends. Like, do you see a trend where like yeah. same similar kind of bond, like infrastructure yeah. development, but yeah. one with like green and then yeah. like, you know, there's a premium on that. Is there, is there something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. I know yeah, what yeah, you mean yeah, yeah. But it's difficult to answer because you know what? It's actually um, demand and supply, right? Just like any other pricing is demand and supply. So yeah. if it's a hot project that's mm. going to have good IRR, good returns, mm. and it's by a very trustworthy, high-quality company that everyone knows, mm. 
they're gonna flock to it, right? Yeah. So they're gonna put the price mm. up, which yeah. bid up the price, which means that the interest rate goes the, down, the, yeah, right? Yeah, the yield comes down. Yield yeah. comes down, mm. which is not good for investors, yeah, because it's less yield. Yeah. Um, but if it's like a you know a little bit of a risky project from a slightly risky company, then mm. they're gonna have to pay up thirteen percent, ten percent for that project. And it's a good deal if it stays solvent and the project makes money. <laughs> and so it depends how you look at it. Is yeah. it a good deal from a yield perspective? Is it a good deal from a credit perspective? Yeah. It's so much easier to value equity companies, yeah. stocks, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're just buying the company yeah. and you can make a bet on the overall company. Yeah. Um, for bonds, it actually depends on the issuer, depends on the project, depends on the Market, timing, a lot of stuff. interest rate, where interest rates are, mm-hmm. you know, so many different. And, you know, liquidity suddenly dries up in March of 2020 and you know it's a great project but no one wants to buy the bond because they don't have any money then the yield's going to spike up so a lot of things a uh, lot of moving parts when it comes to fixed, fixed income. income yeah no simple answer no to simple that. answer so you're to not it. sorry yeah clearly no no simple premium no, recognition nothing there equities equities is much easier yeah, yeah, yeah because if it's a good company it's a good company and should okay. be bid up yeah so if we were to subscribe to this whole ESG investing methodology and this yeah. idea right is there like a platform that we can go and see the impact you know, is there like, mm-hmm. are there bodies or websites or some place that we can go and see like, oh, okay, this thing has impacted so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah. So it's two things. One is measurement and second thing is disclosure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Both are really difficult. First mm. of all, measuring your direct impact is very difficult. So on our Endowers website, when we launched the ESG portfolio, Sheng Shi actually, who was here earlier, our personal finance lead, he designed the ESG calculator mm. with our investment team. And so, you know, every time you invest $1,000 in the ESG portfolio, this is how much carbon emission, you know, it's like two trips from, you know, I don't know, uh, Tanjung Pagar okay. to Juket or so whatever try it is. To, you know, try make to it crystallize more, it. Crystallize it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you can go on the endowers.com website and see that ESG calculator and play around with it. Mm. Um, so a lot of people do that kind of stuff. So people can understand what your actual impact is. Yeah. It's difficult to measure. The easiest one is environmental, right? The social and governance is very difficult to measure. But also, it's on the company to disclose a lot of information. It, there's no consistency in the disclosure. Yeah. And that's why regulation is important. So mm. governments and regulators have to step in and say, hey, listed companies need to report on these, these metrics that are important in our view. So Europe is in, at the forefront of this. So they've just announced a recent initiative and you know regulations are changing there where you need to improve disclosure, have more standardized disclosures. So that's great. And the US and Asia hopefully will follow. And as disclosure improves, the measurement will also improve, I think. Mm. So we're early days, but I think it's improving overall. Um, and hopefully it will, we can repackage it like we did with our ESG calculator so people can understand it better. Nice, yeah. nice. Cool stuff. So then yeah. if someone wants to do that, you know, is there like a place where they can go and check it out more more information and you know where where should we go to look yeah, for just if you type <laughs> sustainable investing, like amazing, like massive literature places. So fund managers, endowers, we have what's called endowers insights, which so when we began the company for over a year, we didn't have any commercial business. We just wrote on investing. You know, it was like a blog. Mm. And so people thought we were bloggers <laughs> before we launched the service. And you know what? SGX nominated us for Orb Award for Financial Journalism, Financial Literacy. We had, no, we had no idea. Like they suddenly said, you're nominated. We go, what? Us? You know, we're not even journalists. We're not even bloggers. We're launching a service, guys. 
but that's what we uh, got known for in Dallas mm. Insights. And back then it was called The No. And uh, yeah, so I think financial literacy, improving financial literacy, helping you know with financial education, what you do, Reggie, is amazing, fantastic, Thank love you. it. And I think it really makes a difference in people's lives. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a responsibility for people in media, but it's a responsibility for us as service providers to help educate our client base to be more knowledgeable so that they can make informed decisions about where they place their money. And hopefully that will lead to better outcomes. There's also a place to be played by regulators, the MAS, and you know the industry associations to also contribute. And they do a lot, admittedly, to improve that space as well. So it's a, it's a collaborative exercise uh, and we'll do our part. But if you type sustainability, there's like tons of resources. So it depends on what your like interest is. Are you like more academic? Then you can look at academic papers on sustainable research, investing. If you want really simple stuff, just look at Investopedia or you know financial blogs uh, who talk about sustainable investing and just read the light stuff. In between, we have Endowas, we have you know the financial fund management companies. Uh, I wouldn't go to brokers or banks. They're really normally quite bad. Sorry, I keep bashing banks today. Not not intentional, but you know, banks do. There's a reason why you left. (laughs) There's a reason why I left. That's right. But they need to do better. Mm. Um, But the fund management companies, because they're the guys who actually do the investing. Mm. They're the professional managers. They're the professional investors. So they're the practitioners, right? All the reports are there. Precisely. Yeah. You don't. You if you want to learn about how you know doctors operate, you don't go to like you know an academic or you know read some you know. Hang out with the doctor. You ask the doctor (laughs) how it's done, right? So if you want to learn about investing, ask the investors. Um, And so fund managers have a a, a lot of resources. And I would recommend like Mirova, Robico, Schroeder's, you know, Aberdeen, Standard Life, names that we're very familiar with, even BlackRock or other big companies. Uh, They have a lot of resources on sustainable investing. And they're putting it up at the start of their web pages and landing pages these days you know yeah, I know. because it's you know <laughs> it's the a fad, hot thing right? it's a hot thing <laughs> it's the hot thing <laughs> so you won't have any trouble finding these resources it'll be easy to find awesome yeah. cool stuff thanks yeah. for coming on we had a great time I appreciate thank you, it thank you Reggie thank Good you stuff. Reggie something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared debated and discussed join our community telegram group follow us on our social sign up our weekly newsletter everything is in the description below and if you love us and want to help us grow definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials also sign up our members back end for more investment related content live discussions curated content and most importantly your commitment to us is a step forward for us to continue creating great content focused on you rather than advertisers for more information check out thefinancialcoconut.com with that have a great day ahead stay tuned next week and always remember personal finance can be true clear sustainable for all There's three questions for you that we ask everybody. And the first question is, uh, what is a core life principle that you hold close to? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, (laughs) Have three kids. (laughs) I have... No. Uh, Everybody's different again. (laughs) Um, So more broadly, life principles. I'm all about helping others. Mm. I think it gives me the most satisfaction. I think it really uh, brings meaning and purpose to my life. 
um, you know, I think they win, I win, right? And, you know, if I do that, then sometimes, you know, being selfish, helping others, sometimes other people can help me too. Um, so help or love, you know, you can place different words into it, but helping others, loving others is what I'm all about. Cool stuff. And next question, like what is the personal finance advice that you feel needs to be further propagated? Endow us. You need to use the Endow's <laughs> platform. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, we're a young brand and people don't know us as well, but they know. should know and use it because it's easier, it's better, all it's the, cheaper. All the plug, it's, you know, all the plug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you're going to cut this out, yeah, so it's yeah. okay. I'm just joking with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, sorry, the investment. <laughs> okay. Look, if you have the time, and you want to learn about investing, do it, right? So invest. Don't just think about it. Invest in a stock, even a simple company like Apple or you know Tesla, Amazon, or closer to home, Singtel. Invest and see how it goes. Because unless you put your money where your mouth is, you're not going to spend the time mm-hmm. to learn and be better at investing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is like just go and try it. But everybody's different. So mm-hmm. unless you're a professional investor, don't try to do everything yourself. You know, use the professionals to your advantage. Um, so that's the second thing. Third one is cost, cost, cost. Right? Look at cost. Like you look at you know when you buy like a green tea, which I have a bottle of green tea. You look at the prices. You know, you don't just buy any green tea. You know, when you're buying a car. You compare prices, right? Yeah, and you shop around because the same car could be sold at different places. Maybe parallel importers are cheaper. You know, when it comes to investing, same thing. Look at the cost. You know, the same fund is sold through DBS, through Fund Supermart, and through Indawas, and through you know a broker. They're all different. You got to look at the cost because one percent difference in cost compounded over thirty years is a two hundred fifty percent difference in return. Yeah, yeah. just save one percent. And do that over 30 years and your life will change. So cost, cost, cost. You got to look at cost. Nice. Good stuff. Love that. And last question, um, which part of your life are you giving additional focus on now? Relationships is what I'm all about, right? Because at work, at home, it's all about relationships. And so I want to invest my time, my money, my energy in relationships so, you know, I left the company, Morgan Stanley, after a long career. You know, I had no more income. You know, I prayed to God that, look, at least give me enough money so that I can buy people lunch. Mm. You know, I don't want to like skimp on, you know, lunch or not being able to pay for lunches for other people, right? So, and because that's important to me, right? I want to build relationships. I want to maintain relationships. I want to like help people. And so relationships is all of what I'm all about. And it doesn't matter where work, home, all of my relationships are important. And this relationship, Reggie, is important. Cool stuff, cool stuff. Thanks, man. Fist bump. Fist bump. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 